Good morning and welcome to our Sycamore Township Workshop meeting for Tuesday, October the 13th, 2020. The time is 9.01. Once again, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we are following House Bill 197 that allows local government the opportunity to conduct business meetings remotely. We're all following the governor's guidelines as we continue with our meeting today. Let the record show that all three trustees are present, Vice Chairman, Mr. James, Tom Weedman, and me, Jim LaBarber, the Chairman. At this time, I'm gonna ask Mr. James, Mr. Weedman, Mr. Porter, and Law Director, Mr. Desai, do you give your authorization for your name to be signed electronically? I will also give my approval. Gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Is Deepak here? Yes, sir. Did we hear him say, okay. I'm gonna make a motion now to approve the September 29th trustee workshop meeting minutes. Do we have a second? Second. second. Discussion? I'll call the vote. Vice Chairman, Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera, aye. We have a uh, very special proclamation, Mr. Skyler Miller, Planning and Zoning Administrator, designating October the 30th a special day in Sycamore Township. Skyler? Uh, yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> let me scroll to it here, sorry. Technology's getting better, I mean, hang on. Okay, uh, yep, uh, so the, the I, I was directed uh, by uh, Mr. Warwick and, and some of the trustees to uh, uh, put a proclamation together uh, to uh, uh, to recognize one of our uh, esteemed members of our business community. So I'd like to uh, like to read this proclamation: uh, a proclamation designating October 30th, 2020, as Wanda Wagner Turiak Day. Whereas Wanda Wagner Turiak is is the senior general manager of the Kenwood Town Center, and whereas Ms. Wagner Turiak has led the efforts of the Kenwood Town Center for 22 years and whereas during her tenure the town center has grown into the tri-state's premier enclosed shopping mall with the largest selection of unique retailers in the region and whereas ms wagner turiak has been an active and valued member of the sycamore township business community and whereas wanda wagner turiak has been a true pillar of the community and whereas sycamore township celebrates her dedication and accomplishments and whereas the board further wishes to recognize and honor Ms. Wagner Turiak and wish her a happy and fruitful retirement. Now, therefore, in commendation of Wag Wanda Wagner Turiak, the board hereby proclaims October 30th, 2020 as Wanda Wagner Turiak Day in Sycamore Township. All right, thank you. And congratulations to Wanda Wagner for 23 years. What's going on? Motion to approve. Second. Vote, uh, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. So and we won't sign that one electronically. We'll leave that here because uh, we're going to put it in a nice frame with a picture and all that. Okay, Ray. Um, we have a recommendation from our Sycamore Township Citizens Finance Committee uh, uh, accounting software recommendation. And with us today, Let's see, on that board, we've got Charles Gall, Tom Brockman, Steve Ginn, Vice Chairman Joel Donahoe, and Chairman Christopher Virgilak. Uh, do we have all those guys with us today? We, I know we have 
Chris is with us, and Steve Ginn's with us. Tom Brockman also is. And Tom Brockman's with us. Okay, uh, Ray, I'll turn it over to you and turn it over to Chris. Yeah, Ray, I can make some comments. Um, again, thank you for allowing us to join you. I just wanted to spend a few minutes this morning to review with you two recommendations that were unanimously approved by our committee on our meeting on October 7th, last week, last Wednesday. Um, our committee, since we were formed uh, and appointed back in June, excuse me. Chris, I think we lost you. Yeah, well, I stopped talking because my phone is ringing in my house down here and I don't know how to shut it off, so I'll stick it in a draw somewhere. You got me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, my phone was ringing here and it still continues to ring. Um, but our committee was formed back in June and we've met monthly since July to review the township's current accounting software and its monthly reporting. And uh, we also took a look at the annual financial statements that the township, I wish I could turn my phone off, uh, that the township issues each year after they've been audited. Uh, we put our findings, some background, and some recommendations in writing to the trustees in a memo that was distributed to you last Friday. It's dated October 8th. I think we now have that on the screen. Um, I don't want to go through in detail every item that is in there, but just hit um, some, of the, some of the highlights. Um, most importantly, uh, we wanted to do quite a bit of due diligence to understand exactly what the current situation was before we made any recommendations for any changes. Um, and we did spend some time during these uh, last several months meeting with Mark Hurst, who's the township's, I'll call him a consulting CPA. He's not the auditor, but he is a certified public accountant and he works with the township on pulling together uh, the annual financial statements and other financial issues. Uh, we met with Rob Porter. Rob attended two of our meetings. We appreciate that. And we also um, spent some time at one of our meetings, and I did a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Debbie Campbell back in September to actually go through the current system and the current reporting so that we had a pretty clear understanding. And then we spent, obviously, some time with Ray, who's on our committee, but to understand his needs and his assessment of the current system. And I want to thank all the people who spent time with us over the last three or four months in uh, pulling all this information together and up with our recommendation. Our, our recommendation falls in, two recommendations actually fall into two broad categories. Uh, the first is uh, accounting and financial reporting. And we took a hard look at the existing buck systems and other systems that were out there to accomplish what uh, we think the township needs. In uh, our first meeting, it was pretty clear from just going around the horn talking to everyone that the current monthly reporting of the finances of the township for a township that's got a $40 million operating budget and probably $50 million of cash sitting in the bank today um, really needed to be enhanced uh, so that we had more uh, visibility into the finances of the township. So we looked around to see what other townships are doing, what accounting software they're using, what level of reporting they're providing to the trustees and to the public to kind of come up with best practices. Uh, and based upon all that work, the interviews that we did, the reviews that we did of other townships, um, we're making a recommendation. We have voted unanimously last week to make a recommendation 
that in order to enhance the financial reporting that the township move from the current box software to the UAN software and the rationale for all that and our findings and background are all in the memo that we provided. Um, and that we also wanted to make sure that um, in this new system that we're loading the correct data. Uh, right now in box one of the issue one of the issues is that put, instead of putting appropriations in there and measuring spending that's been approved by the trustees in the form of appropriations, it actually has budgeted information, which is not the appropriations. Um, so we thought that it was important that we get the correct data in there to have the right budgetary controls in place. And that's irregardless of which system we use, but um, clearly if we're going to go to UAN, we want to make sure we have the right budgetary information and uh, appropriations. And that's on the expense side, also on the revenue side. We need to make sure we have in there the sources of revenue, the annual sources of revenue that have been approved by uh, Hamilton County. So we're measuring our actual results against the right benchmark. So our first recommendation is to switch from Bucks to UAN. Uh, the second thing we looked at, and this came out of our discussion um, with Mark Hurst was the level of financial reporting that we do on an annual basis. So the annual report that we put together in the state of Ohio allows three different levels of reporting. There's a, a regulatory, which is the lowest level, it's just cash flow, cash in and out, kind of minimal footnotes, no really management discussion or analysis of the results for the year. And that's kind of where we are. It's permitted, but it's at the lowest level. And uh, the committee decided in looking at the other levels of reporting that um, with the, the number of uh, sophisticated transactions, let's say the number of real estate transactions, significant um, assets that are out there beyond just the cash in the bank, that the township should move to the second level up. So it's called GASB 34, which are um, municipal accounting principles that are out there. They're very similar to generally accepted accounting principles, slightly lower level, that we would move from this regulatory reporting, which is basic, we would move up a step to GASB 34. And what that would do for the township is get all of the assets of the township onto the financial statements. So all of the real estate that we own, the buildings, the equipment that are owned by the township, that would be in the financial statement and also all the liabilities. There's significant unfunded pension liabilities, post-retirement benefit liabilities, um, the debt of the township, that would all be fully disclosed and included in the financial statements. There'd be a discussion of the results of the finances for the last year would be included. They call it an MDNA management discussion and analysis. And the footnote disclosure would be significantly expanded. We, we spoke to Mark first about this. He, he thought that, you know, given our size and complexity, that that would be a good move to make. And he thought that, uh, and he has prepared those types of financial statements in the past. And uh, he didn't see a big issue uh, for us moving to this GASB 34 gap lookalike financial statement. So the committee again voted unanimously to recommend to the trustees that the township moved to uh, GASB 34 cap lookalike financial statements. So those are our two recommendations. There's more background in the memo, things we looked at, things we considered, um, but we're pretty confident in recommending to you that you consider those two changes. And uh, I guess at this point, I would open it up to any questions or discussions that you might have.
Yeah, I, uh, I have some questions. Um, uh, first of all, I want to thank Chris, Steve, and Tom for being on today and also for being willing to serve on the uh, Citizen Finance Committee. We're all interested in making the best decisions possible for the benefit of, the, of our residents. As I've always said, I can't make an informed decision without all the information. So I do have some questions. I'd like to uh, get a better understanding of what we're looking at here. So if I could, uh, maybe um, Mr. Virgilak, could you tell me who brought this topic to the committee for your review and in what context was it presented? Yeah, um, when I was approached or when I sent in my resume to be considered to be on the uh, on the committee, I did my due diligence. And one of my due diligence items was to go back and look at the videos for the um, trustee meetings back to the beginning of the year. Uh -huh. And then I also um, looked to see what financial reporting other townships are doing in Hamilton County um, to get an idea of the level of financial reporting. So I was, I was looking on the the township website for the monthly financial statements to see exactly where the township stood. And uh, I couldn't find anything other than the reading of an expense number, uh, periodically approving check runs and approving deposits. Um, so I said to myself, you know, the first thing we need to do as a committee and probably what the township needs are more, um, more information from a finance standpoint. So. Uh, one of the first things we did in our first meeting was identify the topics that the committee wanted to spend their time on over the coming year or period of time. And what came to the top of our list is that we really needed more financial transparency and um, informa financial information, if you will. And we were looking for best practices. So it was really the committee taking a look. It was me looking as part of my due diligence uh, at what financial information was available then just um, the committee agreeing that that needed to be the top of our list and um, we'll move on to some other topics as we go forward. I know Steve, if you have, Steve wants to, or Tom. Well, I would, I would add that it was a blank sheet of paper when the committee was formed and when Chris was made the chair and they said, we're, you know, where are we one ahead with things to uh, get involved? And just what he said is exactly kind of how it went. And we kind of formulated that as a starting point and then went on information gathering to try to figure what was the best way to accomplish the, the goal of the financial reporting. And I think it was a good collaboration in our group. We have a pretty experienced uh, bunch of people. As we discussed things, everybody understood it on a pretty good level. And uh, that's how they got the, the recommendation. So it wasn't like it was a predisposition thing. Uh, like I said, we'll be, we're, I think our goal is to come up with the next couple of topics to be able to discuss and give some input on. And, and that's kind of it, it because we're just an advisory panel that's it so we're looking forward to participating and appreciate our time to be heard in front of the trustees it's it's a very nice thing for the residents because in the end we're representing the residents and that's the idea fairly across the entire township and that's our main goal thanks um i understand that at least some of you are cpas is that correct that's yeah. true yeah I spent 10 years with Deloitte in public accounting, and then I spent uh, the next 20 years um, 
in financial roles. I was I ended up retiring as the CFO of General Cable. We're a multi-billion-dollar manufacturing company located okay. in Northern Kentucky. So, I've been doing finance my whole life. Okay. Um, I read your letter in support of acquiring new UAN software, and I found that found what I believe may be some either misunderstandings or discrepancies, maybe misunderstandings on my part. Um, so I asked Debbie Campbell to join us in this meeting to review the bullet points listed in the letter. So Debbie, thanks for joining us today. Can you hear us, Debbie? Yes, thanks. Okay, great. Uh, Debbie, you're the person that probably knows more about the Bucks system than any of us here because you have been using the software on a daily basis. For how long have you been using it now? Um, maybe 15 years. 15 years, okay. Uh, can you refer to the copy of the letter from the Citizens Finance Committee that I sent you? Yes, I have. I'd like for you to start on the first page where there are bullet points describing the Bucks software as well as the UAN software. If you could, please start at the top and just address any of the bullet points that you think you should, uh, the board should know about before we, so we can make an informed decision. Yeah, first of all, it's about monthly reports, the financial reports. And honestly, I've never been asked to give anyone any of these things uh, until Ray came along and he was just interested in the UAN report. So um, I did have that created for him, it took a little tweaking on our part, but it is the same report that they have to create from three different reports in an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, so we can do it now and I do it, I'm going to do it at the end of every month before moving on to the next month. That way we can have the records from each month. I can't run it for a prior period, but I could run it as of today. So uh, going on to the next one, the correct budgetary data. I believe that this is a management call. Um, Greg Bickford had me load in the budget as he saw it with the transfers that he was going to do at the end of the year. So everyone knew what they were going to spend. Now, Ray, on the other hand, wants to transfer the JEDs in at the beginning of the year, I've been told, and um, also wants the appropriations, which we did last month. At the end of last month, we but, uh, loaded those, and that was the first time I've been asked to do that, um, along with the um, revenue from the auditor. Uh, additional custom reports, it did cost us $375 to create that report. But I feel that that's what uh, Ray wanted to see, and that was important, and Rob Porter gave me approval to do that. Um, the shortcomings, honestly, they are there to change anything we need to. I know that uh, on this, we call it the UAN report now. There were some, um, when we put it to Excel, some of the little headers didn't line up, and it was called to my attention by Chris. So we had that fixed right away. And Ray didn't like um, one of the lines was totaled with a previous line. We had that fixed as well. I haven't heard any comments since those were tweaked, um, if they like the report or not. Uh, not integrated into the required standard reporting to the Ohio auditor. We have had a clean audit. We have had all clean audits. I don't, you know, I don't know what, what it is that they're referring to there. A significant number of year-end adjustments, that's correct, because that's when Greg chose to transfer the money at the end of the year and shore up the funds. Um, there's also going to have to be some done if they were to go to UAN, 
as well. I talked to Mark Hurst this morning and he said, yes, that would still need to be done. Um, it's having to do with the JEDS and transferring it to other funds. During the year, the expenditures have exceeded appropriations. That's correct. And in certain funds, the balances were reported to be overdrawn. Again, I believe that this is a management. I did ask Ray on September 30th if he wanted to create the resolution to transfer funds at that time so there wouldn't be negatives and he decided not to do that at that time just to create the resolution for the uh, line item for the administrator's salaries. Are there any questions? Yeah, so let me go back to that one because I'm kind of interested in that. So you, on September 30th, you asked Mr. Warwick to what? If he wanted to do a resolution to shore up the other funds to transfer the funds into say like the ones that were in the negative which would right. be roads police fire all the the normal suspects and then the the two debt funds and so, he said not to at that time i can answer that yeah uh, i talked to mark hurst about it and he said yeah let's wait until we put the appropriations in because then we'll be dealing with the real numbers and he's going to help us do that, I think, in the next week or so. That's already one, on the uh, uh, so once those are in, yes, then we can proceed with a resolution or a set of resolutions to correct all those. But it may uh, makes more sense to correct them against the appropriated numbers, which are the approved county numbers. And Debbie, you're saying they're already in. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to address that monthly report from Hamilton Township that was presented by to the board by Mr. Warwick. In his uh, description and explanation to the board, uh, he suggested that his report was generated in Hamilton Township at the end of every month with a touch of a button through the efficiencies of UAN software. Based on your three-hour tutorial of UAN software at the Hamilton Township offices, can you explain how they actually arrive at producing this report? I spoke to Ellen Horman, who is the person who does the work there as I am here. And she said that it takes her three UAN reports to put together in an Excel spreadsheet to create that UAN report every month. So is that done? That's not done with the push of a button. That's done manually is what you're telling me. It is done manually. They take three different reports Yes. And manually enter that information in to make that one report? That's correct. It's not UAN. You can't create any other reports other than what they have. So, okay. I mean, I, I understood it to be different from the presentation we had by Mr. Warwick, but um, uh, that's certainly interesting. Um, in your opinion, Debbie, do you think a switch from Bucks to UAN would benefit Sycamore Township? and enable us to do more efficient, an efficient job in accounting? I think they're all accounting software and I don't know why we would switch to something else when I think we should just concentrate on what reports that the people want here and perhaps we can get them those. I, I don't think that it's a difference in the reporting. I think it's a difference in the information we are inputting in there and that's a management level. And up until now, like I said, Ray hasn't said that he wanted that all loaded. And now it is. So, and for next year, then the appropriations will be as he sees fit. Okay, thanks. That's all the questions I have for you, Debbie. Thanks. Okay. 
Uh, let me just jump in there because it seems like we're rehashing past discussions rather than looking at what the committee has actually recommended and what the township should do going forward. But since it came up, Debbie, I, I ask you, of course, for reports going back to either the start or end of each month going back this year as to the report you recently provided. And the system just can't do that, can it? No, it cannot. But neither can UAN. They have to create that. So that's what I'd say. I'd run that report at the end of every month so that we would have it and we'd have that history going well, maybe, forward. Maybe the committee can weigh in on that. But again, I don't want to rehash past debates or who brought things up, which was Mr. Weedman's first question here too, I think. And I don't know that that- I think it was just more, more my intention of better understanding how this thing is progressing, that's all. Absolutely. And certainly I need to have all the information before I can make an informed decision. Of course you do, Tom. It's always important trustees have all the information yep. before they can make Yes, Mr. Weedman, yes. And, and of course, part of, the initiative here in looking at the accounting is so we as trustees do have better information, whether the prior boards ask for financial reports or not. I know I'd like them as a trustee, and I think Mr. LaBarbera, from what he has said in our meetings, wants that too. But the question is, how do we go about that? And both of these are certainly capable accounting systems. We've discussed pros and cons of each before, but we had an independent committee look at this. And I emphasize independent. Uh, Chris, nice to meet you, by the way. I'm Tom James, one of the trustees. Yeah. We've never spoken before, have we? No, but I've seen you on video since January, so I feel like I know you better than I really do. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, well, I hope it was mostly a good impression, but you don't mostly, mostly, yes, mostly. Okay. Um, others on the committee I do know, but I, I haven't been pushing the committee one way or another, and I think uh, Mr. Warwick dropped this in their lap also, provided some initial guidance, and they ran with it. And, and again, they can address that too. But my understanding from reports I got from various people who were in the committee last week is that there was a consensus reach for this report, and they do have their unanimous recommendations. And, and I understood Mr. Porter was actually participating in this process, and, and Ms. Campbell possibly too. So I, I'm wondering, as to Mr. Porter in particular, um, your thoughts right now as to this. Are you on board with making a change if the trustees? Thank you. I do have a statement. I would like to uh, uh, give you my thoughts, if I may. <clears throat> um, soon after the, the election, Ray called um, a meeting with Mark Hurst, Debbie Campbell, and myself in, in this very room I'm in right now, the conference room in the township. Um, I went into the office. I didn't know what the meeting was about. I was hoping it was um, an introductory saying, hey, we can work together. We can do what's best for the township. First thing Ray says to me is, we're going to UAN. I said, no, no, we're not. I made it clear from the beginning I was not going to go to UAN. Um, Mark Hurst was there. He heard that. Debbie was there. She heard it. Um, so that was the end of it for then, for, for now. And then the next uh, I heard of this was um, my uh, defeated opponent in the November election, Standish Fortin, made a uh, residential com uh, comment of the residents in a meeting uh, suggesting the appointment of a citizens financial committee. Fine, he's, con he's entitled to make that suggestion, however, in trustees' comments at the same meeting where nothing was on the agenda, Mr. LaBarbera moved for the formation of this committee, and uh, it was seconded and passed without any discussion. Um, 
Five handpicked members of the committee were chosen by uh, Ray Warwick in uh, uh, very rapid uh, formation of the committee. In fact, the most uh, rapid formation of any committee I've ever seen in the township. The first meeting uh, consisted of Ray and the committee. I listened to the audio of that and basically it was a hour long session of trashing my, my office and how I handle things. I was not present at that meeting. The second meeting uh, involved uh, Mark Hurst, the committee talking to Mark Hurst. Interestingly, that meeting was not um, recorded. But I called Mark Hurst, who is a very competent and knowledgeable um, CPA with a lot of experience in uh, uh, municipal governance. And I, I asked Mark, well, what, what did you say? He said, well, um, I said, UAN, um, I've worked with UAN a lot. It, uh, it frankly would be a step back for the township. The, um, uh, the, it, the problems are it's, um, it's not robust enough for a, a township of the size and complexity of Sycamore. Um, we would lose our history and payroll um, issuance and um, reporting is problematic on UAN. It said, he said, if you were gonna go to a different um, accounting software, I mean, he would have recommendations that uh, would be better than uh, UAN and, and maybe better than Bucks. And he, he actually gave me some names, SSI Software Solutions Inc, uh, Munes uh, and Logos by Tyler Technologies. Interesting, interestingly, the committee didn't look at, at any of those other things. They just considered UAN or, or Bucks. Um, the third meeting, Debbie and I were invited to uh, the meeting. Um, we were received cordially, which I appreciate, and given a chance to um, uh, present our, our points. I, and I thought I was uh, given a fair hearing, and I thought it, I thought it went well. However, at the fourth meeting where I had printed out, I had Deb, I didn't print out, I had Debbie print out a stack of uh, about five inches of the various reports which the Bucks can create and, um, uh, you know, give the reporting that uh, people would want. Um, but I never got to show that or discuss that with the committee. The, the uh, meeting started out with the chairman <clears throat> um, making a long statement, reading a long statement, and basically recommending that the committee um, recommend that the township use UAN, and uh, they voted unanimously to do that. I think that's that's been clear. So I went home, I was disappointed, but that's uh, that's what the committee decided. So after the meeting, the next day, I called up UA, UAN and. Uh, um, got a hold of Tony at uh, the UAN office and he said, oh, I just got off the phone with Ray Warwick. Oh, I said, interesting. Um, I said, what, what I'm interested in is, I, I said, the, this uh, Citizens uh, Financial Committee just recommended that we go to UAN and I'm curious on how we implement the software. 
And he said, well, uh, US, uh, the fiscal officer um, must execute a contract to uh, uh, get it started. I said, but what if I'm not interested in it? in the UAN. He said, well, you're the fiscal officer. You must sign the contract. I said, well, I'm not going to sign it. And then he, then he hesitated. Oh. Um, and I said, uh, well, what about a resolution of the, um, of the trustees? He said, resolution isn't necessary. You are the sole executing officer of, a, um, of the UAN software. Um, software package with the uh, state auditor. So this does not happen without my signature. And I'm just telling you, I'm sorry that we've spent 10 months on going over this, but I am not going to sign a contract starting with UAN. The fiscal officer runs the fiscal officer's office. And that's what this is all about. So as much as Ray wants to run my office, I'm not going to allow it. And then I went on to discuss more with him. I said, well, what about if for some reason we do go with UAN, who, who, um, who runs the software, who, um, who inputs the data, who, um, who gets the reports? Well, he said, well, it's the fiscal officer and anyone he designates. So even if you do get somehow get these UAN without my signature, I'm only going to designate Debbie, um, Beth, possibly Rob Penny and Tracy Kellums to have uh, the ability to input into the, the program and to uh, run the reports. And now, as uh, Mark Hurst has told the committee, you know, they only run certain minimal reports that are necessary. And if I don't run a report, it's not a public record and you don't get it. So I think I would go with the very substantial number of reports that we can run on bucks and, um, um, you know, have all the financial information you want. So we have this um, committee, five citizens on the um, citizens financial committee, and they've made this recommendation, but it's impossible to implement without the fiscal officer being on board. I have received 50 communications from citizens of Sycamore Township indicating they don't want Ray to have anything to do with this township finances. Now, there is this very knowledgeable and very competent, I'm sure, citizens financial committee, but they've or five of Ray's handpicked um, members and they do not represent even all areas of the township. You know, and to, and to show how Ray has um, run the agenda, just look at what the agenda has been. The first thing that comes up is UAN or bucks, not what's the best township, what's the best operating accounting operating system for the township, whether we use UAN or bucks. But I'm not even brought into the meeting until the third meeting. And they didn't start out by saying, well, how do we implement this even if we, we uh, re-recommend it? You can't implement it without me. Ray does not like to work in a cooperative manner with my office. It's either his way or the highway. 
well, I don't operate that way. I want to have, I want to work with everyone what's best for the township, not what Ray wants necessarily. So I have 50 members saying, 50 members of the community saying, we don't want Ray involved with the township finances. And then we have five people saying, oh, well, we're going to follow Ray's agenda. First, we're going to look at uh, UAN versus Bucks, which is what they did. And they spent a lot of time on that. I'm sorry they had to spend all that time, but they're not going to be able to implement their recommendation. And then it's curious, the next item on the agenda of this, uh, of this Sycamore Township Citizens Financial Committee is TIFs. At their November uh, meeting, November 24th, they're going to look at whether we do TIFs or not. So this is also a raised driving agenda. When Ray first came in, he made it clear he wants UAN. That's the first meeting and right after the election I had with him in this room. He wants UAN. Uh, Ray, I, I'm not inclined to go with UAN. Spends 10 months, gets all, goes through all this, and then it turns out can't do it without the signature of the fiscal officer on the contract. And then the next item on the agenda is going to look at the elimination of TIFs, which is something that Ray uh, did in Hamilton Township as he worked with UAN in Hamilton Township. But that's if that's the way they're going to go, they're going to follow Ray's agenda and do what uh, Ray wants. That's fine, but that's not what the fiscal officer wants. And I wish I had been consulted from the beginning and they'd looked and see what they had to do to implement UAN. They need my signature because I run the office and not five members appointed by Ray to uh, be a citizens financial committee. Frankly, elections have consequences. I won the election. I run the fiscal office. And if one of the members of the finance committee wants to run in three years and change the, the uh, accounting system, they're welcome to do so. Uh, but I'm not gonna sign a contract for UAN and I'm, not, and I'm going on record now, I'm not authorizing anyone to sign my name to it either. Thank you. Well, I'm glad I asked for your thoughts then. I Forgive me for thinking this was about recommendations for what was best for the finances of the township and for open reporting rather than politics. Um, anyway, I, I hey, have a few Tom, it's all about politics all the time. You know that. That's the way this has been yeah, operating all, supporter, all year. Mr. Porter, Mr. Porter, somebody anyway. else is talking. We let you talk. You listen now, please. Okay, I'll listen. I'm not going to talk anymore. I made my point clear. All right, well, I, I have a few questions that uh, flow from uh, that statement from Mr. Porter. Uh, Mr. Desai, I would ask, first of all, address the signature question. I think Mr. Warwick had already looked at that also as to the contract possibly with you or UAN. I'd also like to know the committee's thoughts about uh, what Mr. Porter just said about the process. I'm not so interested in who did what or the motivations for what. I just wanna know the, the actual response accounting-wise and reporting-wise to whatever meat was in he, what he just said. And also if the committee members could address this TIFs question, I understood you were looking at the finances of our TIFs to see what's there, not looking at eliminating TIFs, which would be a decision trustees would make anyway. So who wants to go first for my questions that I just had? Yeah, regarding regarding the agenda, it was come it was put together independently of any recommendations uh, from Mr. Warwick 
And the first thing I did was look at the last set of audited financial statements to see their major sources of revenue for the township and where the assets of the township are. And 45% of the revenue that comes into the township comes from the TIFs. And 60% of the cash or fund balance that we have today is related to TIFs. So being a finance guy, I looked to uh, what the most significant areas are for the township. And those are on the list, top of the list. So um, Mr. Warwick is not setting the agenda. Um, and I would say I was not handpicked by Mr. Warwick. I saw uh, an announcement in a newsletter that came out early in the year looking for volunteers willing to serve and help the township. And I sent my resume in, so, you know, I'm sure a lot of other people did. And I had a, an interview over the phone with Ray and I had never spoken to or met Ray. I didn't know who he was until I got the phone call. So to say we're, that I was handpicked, I can guarantee you that's not the truth. Um, and also, I mean, I told Ray during the interview process that I'm involved and I'd, I'd be happy to get involved in helping out the township. But um, if it gets to be political footballs being tossed back and forth, uh, you know, I'm, I've got other things to do with my time than get involved in politics. So that's the last thing I'm interested in. And I'm actually, uh, to be honest with you, watching some of these videos over the last year or so. I mean, it's, um, it's an embarrassment as to listening to some of these discussions. It really is. Um, so I'm going to get a stay out of the politics, but we, we thought, you know, we did our due diligence. We came up with our recommendations. We now get it to the trustees. And if you want to play politics with it, I would say uh, go right ahead. Bucks obviously is a financial system and the township has been using it for 20 years and we've had clean audits forever. And I understand all that, but as far as efficiency, um, I mean, if you don't want to get any more fin monthly financial reports, I would say stay with Bucks because if you get a five inch stack of um, reports out of Bucks, I'm not sure what you're going to do with it. You'll be having to add another workshop every month to go through and try to understand the numbers. So um, that's, that's my uh, two cents on it, but um, it's, we're not being political. We're setting our own agenda. Um, we're asking Ray for information or Debbie for information or Rob when we need it to, uh, to do our work and to get a better understanding. And I would agree. I don't think the word elimination of TIFs was ever discussed in any of our meetings. We're just trying, we're trying to figure out what they are, what impact they have on the township. And if we have any recommendations, we don't even know if we're gonna have recommendations. So it's kind of early to say we're gonna, we want to eliminate them because that's on Ray's agenda. I don't know if anyone else on the committee, Steve or Tom, wanna to make any comments? Well, um, <clears throat> the only thing I would add, I think that Mr. Porter, uh, he has his interpretation of what, you know, he heard or thought and so forth. Uh, I know like the one thing I can address specifically when you made the statement about the TIFs of getting rid of the TIFs, um, <clears throat> I volunteered because we do divvy up and we don't know each other. I know Tom Brockman because he and I are undisturbed homeowners and I remember when he discussed the finance committee it was mentioned to try to get a group across and I remember a conversation about someone from over in Dillonville area. And I think everybody encouraged that. Tom James said, yeah. And I was glad to see that we did have some spread of the guys that applied. And, uh, and but I would say about the TIFs, the reason that that was brought up uh, in discussing it, because it is a very large item of asset and revenue. 
And I said, in particular, is the homeowners association. Again, we're here representing the residents as strictly as advisors. And it's a very intelligent group of five people. And we do not know each other. It's one of the main things we avoid trying to do is letting any politics get into any of it. What I discussed and volunteered to help participate is to assemble information to inform uh, our group about the TIFs and that the fact that the Kugler Mill is active right now and there was a previous TIF on it and they're considering a new one. We have never discussed anything about not having a TIF on Kugler Mill. It was about comparing them from a financial aspect to see if we could obtain the data to compare the performance of the existing one to the to the one that's going to be perhaps decided by the trustees and that's up to them. This is strictly about accounting methodology and you know our recommendation comes from not politics it comes from an intelligent thought out thing of due diligence that was done. We weren't really cutting corners or trying to uh, follow an agenda of Mr. Warwick. I didn't know him at all. I did the same thing. I went up and met him for the first time when the committee came along. I didn't know him, but I can, I, I, I do know that in reading his resume and his credentials, the guy is a very credentialed, educated man in my work and talking and listening to him. I can tell that he is experienced in these areas. So he is a part of it and he's your administrator. So we take all of these things into consideration, including Mr. Porter's thoughts and then it goes to the trustees. So all I can tell you is we make the best recommendation we can. We think we're a pretty capable group and we have no politics injected into any of this and, and not just leave it at that. And we don't have any interest in politics because it, like you said, takes a lot of time to get involved in that. Tom James. Well, Mr. Desai or Mr. Warwick, um, I, I, my view is uh, Mr. Porter has a rather expansive view of the, the um, authority of his office and the duties of his office, which we've heard about at times and haven't quibbled about necessarily. But uh, you have an opinion currently as to what he's saying. If he says, I'm going to take my ball and go home no matter what you do, and I'm not going to sign the contract, are we stuck? Or is that something the trustees in a limited home rural township such as ours? can go around that if we need to set up a parallel financial department to do our own internal accounting to keep an eye on what's going on so the trustees can get the reports that the state auditor says we're supposed to get and review every month and be able to get historical reports so we'll be able to do that even if unfortunately mr porter doesn't want to and i'd love to have him on board if he would do it but where are we with that well i had had a conversation with uh, uh mr desai because uh, I, I suspected that, you know, this might be a, a roadblock. And uh, um, we talked about, well, maybe the, the trustees could pass a resolution giving uh, me or someone else the ability to sign in the place of the fiscal officer. I posed that question to the person, the head person at UAN and said, look, we'd like to come aboard, but our fiscal officer doesn't want to do it. And we think it, uh, I've said my personal opinion, I think this township needs it dearly. And I said, would a resolution in place of his signature authorizing somebody else to do it work? And he said, it works for me. Um, so that's as much as I, I know about it. I would offer a couple other things. You know, I, t I take a lot of punches here and just keep to myself. 
much of what uh, Mr. Porter described is not the way I remember it at all. In fact, that meeting we had early on after the election, I had sent him a memo detailing uh, several problems I saw with Bucks. So for him to think we weren't going to talk about that um, uh, is surprising to me. And the other thing is this, if you want to stay with Bucks, go ahead. It's an embarrassment to the size of this township and to the citizens. And I have to apologize to the finance committee. I didn't know they were going to get uh, attacked and I certainly didn't handpick them. And I, get, I guarantee you that the knowledge base of that committee outstrips any the knowledge base that I would have on, on these matters. And I don't appreciate being part of this political hit with a letter orchestrated and then all of these emails and it keeps getting brought up and quite frankly i'm tired of it i don't need this at all and but this township to not report its finances over all these years is an embarrassment and i think it should be better and that's why i brought it up in fact when i first detailed in the memo to mr porter the problems with bucks i was kind of astonished that he reacted so uh, against it, I, I thought we could have a discussion about uh, accounting things. And then you have to go back to 93% uh, of the townships are on bucks. Some of them are larger than us. I don't know who else is signing up for bucks these days. And the other thing was when the committee started talking about software, when they had Mark Hurst in there, they talked about all two or three, four different kinds of softwares and uh, the capabilities and the ability to, to uh, convert to them and all that. Uh, I think this township needs a better accounting uh, system. And yes, obviously I had some experience with UAN and when we first got it in Hamilton Township, I didn't think it was the best thing in the world. It has progressed over time and I think it uh, is a, a plug and play, if you will, and would be an easy transition. Um, so I don't think they're incumbent uh, uh, upon me or my responsibility to point out where these kinds of things are. And that's all I've tried to do. And then to take this uh, hit job over and over again, over a 15 year old bankruptcy, which you know none of the details about, um, is just, just untoward and unseemly. And uh, quite frankly, I'm tired of it. Ray, I'm going to chime in. Uh, we've been, you know, you went through your expert, Debbie Campbell. I, I sent Debbie an email on August the 7th. I know that Tom James asked you to show us the appropriations fund review that our accounting system will provide. It should be an easy printout. Please let me know when it's ready and I'll stop by and pick it up. 19 days later, I finally received the reports after asking her for them. And I said, well, why didn't I get them earlier? She said, Mr. Porter asked me not to give it out. Now, from day one, when you took office, unfortunately, there's been a battle, political battle going on behind the scenes with a trustee and Mr. Porter. Uh, to read some of these emails that went out, not to just, you know, the immediate trustee staff and you, it went out to the whole staff at the, at the township. And in one particular email, and I'm going to share it with you because he has, this is not the first time he's voiced his opinion. He said, I do not understand Ray's obsession with trying to run my office. We do not need new accounting software. And he, this was in uh, July. Then on August the 4th, he said, 
The software is fundamental to the operation of my office. I will not use this software and I will not sign any check to pay for this unnecessary expense. Due to the environment in the office, here's the threat, I'm inclined to have Debbie work from home pending further notice, Rob Porter. So all this action that's been going on in meetings, uh, Chris and, and Steve, that you've seen with the disruption in the township. So it looks like La Barbara and Tom James are causing problems. You know where, it's, where it started from and what's going on. Yes, it is political. The, the email that went out and the 49, the 49 recommendations to get rid of Mr. Warwick and of course slamming Tom James and Jim LaBarbera for backroom deals was all orchestrated by this citizens, concerned citizens group that went out to like 19,000 residents saw this and 49 almost identical responses came into the township. And 14 out of 19,000, not exactly a great barometer. And they all came into the same thing, info. It wasn't directly to us. So this was all a hit job on Mr. Warwick. They have to get Mr. Warwick out to do the business they want to do. And as the uh, county auditor said to me, what is it? What are they afraid of you finding out by going to check things out? What, what's the reason? What's the problem? So I went to the county auditor, went to the uh, state treasurer, and you have 94% of the townships in Ohio using this new system. And if Mr. Mr. Porter wants to continue on, once we go to the UAN system, I would say we would go to, and I've already talked to the necessary people, OIC 117.43, where he was required to sign checks, OORC 507.13, removal of a fiscal officer. That's all I have to say. Uh, this yeah, is ridiculous. I, I'd like to just uh, chime in for a minute. Um, one more thing. Let me uh, say one, one more thing. One more thing. When I asked at the end of the meeting that, that we went through this whole scene that you put on, Tom, uh, the last regular meeting on a Thursday night about the uh, concerned citizens. I mentioned to Mr. Porter, I said, Mr. Porter, I said, Rob, when you did this, who, who did the interview? Because you're quote, he's quoted in the, in the letter that went out. I said, who, who did the, who did you, uh, who did the interview with you? He said, uh, I don't have to tell you. Go ahead, Tom. You know what? I, I, I don't know why you continue to want to, to, to hash through some of this politics stuff. Wait a second, I got, I wait some, a second. I have some, questions, some questions of Tommy, uh, Tommy. Mr. Berzelak. Uh, maybe uh, you could help me a little bit. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I know that your, your intent on the committee was to try to find the best option for software for Sycamore Township. And you felt that maybe Bucks wasn't supplying you with, um, with, with the, uh, the right reports or whatever. Have you looked into it a little bit to see if, uh, I know that Mr. Porter and Ms. Campbell both said that Bucks does have the ability to create some of these reports. And I'm curious if you were able to get to that level in your discussion as to whether or not um, Bucks does have the ability to create these kind of, a, of reports or not. Yeah, obviously any accounting system, if it can't report out, then it's not a good accounting system. So they do have reports but the reports are in a lot of detail. They're difficult to follow. Um, uh, Mr. Porter mentioned the five inches of financial reports. If he were to bring that into the meeting today and try to go through with you and have a meaningful review or discussion, I think you'd have a lot of difficulty because of the way it's formatted. Um, the numbers don't all tie together. Some reports have all the funds. Some of the reports only have some of the funds. 
So it's, it's not integrated, it's not highly efficient. Does it exist? Yes, it does. Um, so but we, didn't, we didn't start our committee or our review of looking how to change the accounting system. We looked at the adequacy of the financial reporting and then from the reporting that drove the accounting. Okay, so, so um, in looking at Bucks, do you feel that Bucks can, can provide some of the information that you feel we need and the trustees want on a monthly basis? Do you think it can do that? Or is it, are you suggesting that maybe it can't do that, but maybe UAN do that, can do that. But in listening to Ms. Campbell, the report that Mr. Warwick had suggested was going to be uh, a uh, uh, supplied to us at the push of a button at the end of the month actually was a manual merging of three different um, of three different spreadsheets into one. So I'm trying to figure out, is there, is there a possibility that Bucks is capable of giving us some kind of, of, of a report? Maybe I, you may want to uh, weigh in on this, Rob. But I'm trying to figure out in your in uh, in your review of the software, were you able to determine whether or not we could that Bucks was adaptable enough that we could use it and get the necessary information we need? Um, from, well, part of the problem is the reports that Bucks does offer, as far as I could tell, were not being prepared or reviewed, and the data that was in there was not really useful. So um, uh, they were not the most efficient, let's put it that way. C could they be modified or revised? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, I didn't want to start digging. You know, it wasn't my um, job or responsibility to try. I had to try to reconcile some of these reports so I could understand how the same database can give you, you know, different sets of numbers. And it was, it was frustrating to say the least, so. Okay. Yeah, um, I, 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 I mean, it's, yeah, and then and then the um, the what we're calling the UN report that Bucks prepared that was a one-off custom report that they did. They didn't understand exactly what needed, what numbers needed to be in what columns, and it just sits on top of the Bucks system, and it can only be run as of the date that you run it. So, if you get to October second or third, or, you know, today, and you want to get a, a September thirtieth report, you can't go back and recreate it. And if for some reason we start adding, like we added the CARES fund, if we start adding more funds into the accounting system, somebody's going to have to go in and custom write, you know, update that UAN type report. And um, UAN, it's all integrated back into their software and they have over 200 different standard reports that they provide. And I did spend some time going into the other townships that run UAN. And I look at the financial information that they provide to their trustees, that they post on their website, that they make available to their residents, much more robust, much more easy. You can look at it and understand exactly where you are. And what I found with Bucks is I had 20 or 30 pages I had to flip through and the totals didn't reconcile. It was just difficult to deal with. Okay. Um, I just have one other question. Um, I know that Mr. Hurst, when he came to speak to you, uh, because I have had a couple conversations with him as well to try to get a better understanding. Because I'm not I'm not an accountant, so I, I can't say that I uh, I'm an authority on this. But I so I'm trying to get a better understanding as to exactly what we're looking at here. And in talking with Mr. Hurst, he has suggested that, um, and I think uh, Miss Campbell may have uh, actually um, uh, noted this as well, or maybe Mr. Porter, one of the two, that that it was a uh, that by going to to 
UAN, he felt for a township like Sycamore that that was actually a step backwards and that there are a number of other software packages that are much more robust than what we use today. And um, he would suggest if you're going to switch, you should switch to something that will, will enhance your ability to do a better job and get better reports and that kind of thing. And so my question to you is this, how did this become a binary decision between UAN and, uh, and um, uh, uh, Bucks with, uh, with, your, with your committee? Because it doesn't seem like maybe you have, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like you went out and looked at any of these other more robust accounting for, uh, software packages for us to determine whether that might be better than what we're using today or the suggestion of UAN. Yeah, our, our review is based upon the fact that when you look at the UAN software, it's being run by over 2,000 townships in the state of Ohio. If you look at um, the other townships in Hamilton County and Claremont County, surrounding counties, uh, most of them are on UAN. Uh, Mr. Hurst did bring up some other software, um, and there was pluses and minuses on all of it. But when I looked at the reporting that was available, from the other townships, from UAN, um, we felt that would probably, in the support that it has with the state of Ohio and the integration into all the year-end reporting for the state of Ohio, that it would be the, uh, the most efficient one to go with. Are there other, I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones out there. I'm not familiar with other people who are running those other systems. They're not supported by the state of Ohio as is UAN. So I, I, my understanding is UAN was kind of designed to, uh, to accommodate, we have 1,330 townships in Ohio, and it was kind of designed to accommodate some of those, uh, as, as Ray has suggested, it's kind of plug and play. And for these townships that have 300 or 500 residents where the, where the, where the trustees are out uh, plowing the streets when the, when the snow comes, this is a perfect opportunity for them to, to put, into, put into effect a plug and play type accounting system, which will allow them to uh, most easily accomplish their tasks in a small township like that. But I think, uh, you know, with that, that's the only reason I'm asking this question, because Mark Hurst had suggested that if you were to go to UAN, you'd be taking one step back. And it, but there are other software packages that we might be able to determine that might be much more robust and much better for Sycamore Township and the more complex accounting um, requirements that we have due to JEDs and TIFs and stuff like that. So I'm just asking the question, uh, th that's the only reason I asked the question, you know, maybe I was a little confused that it was only a binary decision, that's all. Or yeah. well, again, when we, we looked at it, nine of the 14 townships in Hamilton County, 12 of 15 in Butler County, 11 of 14 in Claremont County, and 10 of 11 in Warren County are all using uh, UAN. And some of them have pretty sizable budgets. And it was one of the comments I found kind of um, interesting was that it was meant for smaller, less sophisticated towns than Sycamore Township. But when you looked at the financial reporting they made available to their trustees and to their residents, it was much more sophisticated than uh, what we have historically and continued to provide to our residents and to our trustees. So, um, Tom, you've asked the same question about four different times. Uh, can we move on? You all done, Tom? Tom Weedman, you done? You're unbelievable, LaBarbera, you're unbelievable. Yeah, I'm all done. I'm unbelievable. You've asked the same thing over and over again. Okay, 
I, hold on. I, I had a question earlier. I don't know if Mr. Desai did have any thoughts on the signature thing. What I understand is the township can decide to purchase or subscribe to UAN, and the trustees are the ones who make decisions about what money to spend. I, I don't understand there to be any concern about the fiscal officer signing it or not. It seems Mr. Warwick also asked about that with UAN already. It's a little disturbing that we may have an open insurrection going on, but hey, whatever. Uh, Mr. Desai, do you have any thoughts about the signature requirement as to that? Um, so I did pull up the uh, contract when uh, I heard it mentioned. Uh, there is a signature block that asks for the fiscal officer to sign it. Um, if the trustees desire to move forward with it, uh, since the trustees run the township, they could pass a resolution authorizing somebody else to sign it. Okay, that answers that question. One other thing I just wanted to note here too, which is important in what the committee was looking at, because the goal, and I, I appreciate all the work the committee members have put in. I, I know we all want what's best for the township here. We have different ideas about what that'll be, but it is important to get this reporting for the trustees to make decisions and for the public to know what's going on. And the state has some recommendations about that. Let me see if I can share this just for a moment. Uh, presentation that, uh, Dave Yost put out when he was state auditor a few years ago, and it discusses Ohio budgetary law, but some of the important concepts are here as to monitoring of the budget. Who's supposed to review the monthly financial reports? That presumes there are some, I guess, but uh, trustees in this sense, finance committee, fiscal officer. This is universal as to different types of government in the state, cities and townships. So what should be reviewed? Estimated receipts versus actual, estimated resources versus appropriations, appropriations versus expenditures, and, and so on and so on here. And fiscal officer and trustees should review appropriation line items for possible deficiencies or excesses in the appropriated amounts. Lots of other things here we're supposed to be looking at that the board historically just hasn't been doing and hasn't been getting the reports to do and when we've asked for them, it has, for whatever reason, sometimes been like pulling teeth, uh, not criticizing Debbie, by the way, at all. Debbie gets what you ask for when she can do it and when the software can do it. And I appreciate her efforts very much here. And I know Mr. Porter's trying to provide the information that can be done too, and he works with Debbie for that. But we just aren't getting those reports and dumping a stack of reports this big on us each month isn't going to help because you know that, that's like someone saying, well, what do I do in my particular tax situation? And someone throws a copy of the US tax code on the desk and says, the answer's right there. Th that really doesn't help. We need summary reports and dashboard type reports to be able to do some of this analysis from month to month. And so just recently, Debbie gave me a, a great report, which was a snapshot of where things were, I think at the end of September. And I, I think I mentioned this earlier this morning, but I asked, okay, now can you give me that going back either at the start or the end of each month or the year so I can see the progression over time as to these things? Well, no, we can't do that. Bucks just can't do that. That's what Debbie told me. That's what she checked into with Bucks, I understand. It just can't be done. I understand UN is supposed to be able to do that. It may not be as simple as a button press, but it can be done. And I want the information so I can keep an eye on where our money has been going and where our money is going because I got elected to do that. The finance, I'm sorry, the fiscal officer is the one who attends to the nitty gritty of administering that happening and making sure that records are kept, but the trustees are the ones who are responsible for making sure that somebody keeps a, a tight handle on the purse strings basically and a good grip on that. So that's why we need this information. 
That's why we asked the committee to look into these things. Are there fancier, much more expensive software systems we could buy that would be even more sophisticated? Absolutely. I had that same discussion with Mr. Hurst also. But in terms of getting the basic reporting we need at a lower monthly cost, by the way, than we're paying for buck support now, UAN is the way to go. Now, certainly there are transition costs, and I'm certain we'd be running the two systems in parallel for at least a year. I expect we're not losing our legacy data either by transitioning over. We should still have access to old Buck's data if we need it, I would think. Um, but, but the thing is, too, Mr. Hurst has told me and others that the data in Buck's at the end of the year when it gets closed out and then has to get reconciled to report it properly to the state as opposed to the way it's been tracked historically, the data doesn't really match the actual numbers we're reporting to the state in the end anyway. It's a limited historical use in, in that sense. So the, the committee is a bunch of volunteers and you know they've given a lot of their time to look into these things for us and make recommendations. And they have unanimously recommended that we make a change here. And I, you know, I, I had hoped to have Mr. Porter on board with this and I still do, uh, but if, if we have to do it over his opposition, so be it. I think it's something we should do is make this change. Let's see how it goes. It's, it's a limited investment, frankly, in doing it. There's some additional data entry and running them in parallel, uh, but let's see how it goes. And maybe, you know, Mr. Weedman, you're gonna be happy with better reports you're getting and Mr. Porter, you'll be happy with it. Or maybe we'll say, you know what, this is a load of crap after all, and we don't like it, but we're not getting good reports now. And I'm not an accountant. I shouldn't have to do accountancy to try to figure out basic information I need and know the magic things to ask for to get it. I want simple reports so I can make judgments for the people who elected me. So that's what I think. I'm gonna make a motion to move forward with whatever has to be done to sign up with UAN. Do we have a second? I will second that. Comments? Yeah. Well, Mr. And I have comments. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm troubled by, I, I, I too want the best reports we can get because I, and I think, I think that we should have that information available to the residents as well. Um, I think that we should strive to have the best possible. I'm just troubled by the fact Mr. Hurst, who represents 25 townships and cities, uh, who has a clear history in public accounting, has suggested knowing, knowing the needs of Sycamore Township that this, um, that this uh, UAM software would be a step backward. Now, I don't know why he's saying that because I'm not an accountant. I'm, I'm the first guy to tell you. But I yield to guys who know more than I do, and he obviously knows a lot more than I do as it relates to accounting. And he has suggested that for us and for our needs, that would be a step backwards, and that we should be exploring, if we, if we really want good, solid reporting, we should be exploring more robust accounting software. And so for that reason, I mean, I can't, I can't really support this, uh, this uh, motion. Okay, roll call. Oh, and let me, let me just add, if, you know, it may be UAN turns out to be an interim step here to something even better, but we're not getting the reporting now that we need and we can't get it. So let's find a way to do it. If we find a better way later, that's great. We move on to that then too, after what is a very limited investment here. But let me ask the board, the uh, sorry, committee members though, who are here, Chris, Steve, or Tom, if you do want to chime in, is moving to UAN a step backward? I, I would say, uh, not, I was there with, with Mr. Hurst 
And he never said that it was a step backward in our meeting. He said that they're closely competitive, but um, he said that the more robust systems as we discussed them were much more difficult to roll out and would take longer and would be more frustrating. And we considered uh, personnel that were you know, available to work on this. And we tried to come up with a solution that would give the reports that you needed and on a regular basis and could be put into a working order without a, a whole lot of expense, which those higher end systems take a lot of customization and they're very difficult to roll out. And, and Mr. Hurt, we talked about this in the meeting in great detail. And so the UAN evolved because of what it is and what it offers and the pricing fit in line and it's not a step backwards. I don't think there's one person on a committee would tell you it's going backwards and that's not a politically motivated thought or anything. It's a, from our professional review of it. And again, we are thinking of the residents and we realize that you need, you guys are running a very large business here, whether you want to call it a township or whatever. And our goal is to give you tools on a regular basis that you can assess that and look at where you are. So when you're making the bigger decisions about TIFs or appropriations or anything, you have data because we realize you're not accountants or CPAs. So we're trying to help get you in a place where you can make really good decisions. And that's, that's what the goal of this is. Okay, we're, we're calling the roll. And um, Mr. Weedman, your vote, please. No. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera, aye. Now I'm gonna make a motion to allow our administrator, Mr. Ray Warwick, to hire or contract to hire with someone or someones to help with the transition to UAN. Do I have a second? I will second that on the understanding this is if needed and giving authority to do it. I guess that's my discussion. Do we actually need someone to implement it now or we need this? No, it would, be at, it would be at that time, whenever, you know, whenever they decide to get UAN in, when, it's, when the time is, so we're just giving them that authority now ahead of time. And this would be someone to assist Debbie in making the transition exactly. if needs to parallel. Exactly, exactly. And you just gave a second comments. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. inclined not to support that solely on the basis that I don't have. I have no idea where you, what you, uh, what it, would make, it may cost the township. You've given an open blanket to hire anybody, and I've never heard anything. Go, no, it's a motion. That. It's a motion, Tom. Yeah, that would be a resolution. And I'm telling you that that I'm uh, I, I need to know more before I uh, before okay. I support so your motion. Your vote now. Your, your vote. Now, yes. Can I can I chime in on this? I just I I I as I said I called UAN and I asked how is this implemented, and they said that I am the sole executing officer. So. Um, and, and Deepak just said that only my name is on the contract. So you better make pretty sure that you have the authority to do this because it sounds like it's a takeover of the fiscal officer's office. Sure it does. Yeah, what it sure sounds does. like to me. And then once you do UAN, remember, I'm the one who operates that. Now I'm going to issue out checks and I'll, I'll work with UAN, but if I don't do a report. It's not a public record. I can't be forced to make a report that I don't have to make. And one other, just a couple other things I wanted to clear up from previous statements. I never brought up in my 
discussion. I never brought up Ray's bankruptcy at all. He brought that up. I didn't say anything about his bankruptcy in my statement. And, um, you know, so, you know, if you wanted, if you want somebody else to do the fiscal officer's job, you should have voted that way in November. The, the residents did not vote that way. They put me in the office. So I'm going to do my job. I'll, I'll prepare the reports. We've, I've had clean audits my entire tenure here. And now all of a sudden there's a big problem in the fiscal officer's office. It's just um, curious. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Weedman, your vote was no, is that correct? Or you didn't vote yet? Done with discussion, you haven't called a roll yet. Right. Calling the roll? Well, wait, wait, wait. Another anybody, go ahead, I'm sorry. And, and, and Mr. Weedman raised a good point. We are simply granting authority to hire, but we would still need to decide on a salary if that were to be done. So this is a preliminary approval, I would think, uh, since we haven't set any parameters on that. And we certainly don't want Mr. Warwick going out and hiring, you know, a $2 million a year accountant for this, but I don't expect he would be doing that. Uh, but if need be, the authorization would be there to start the hiring process for this, and then we'd have to actually decide on what that salary would be within appropriate scales for the township, I would think. Let, let me just add, because Mr. Porter brought this up, no one is trying to take over your office here. We are trying to provide a better accounting system for the township. The township is required and the trustees are required to provide books and records for you to keep books and records in and equipment for that to happen. But the Ohio Revised Code does not suggest you get to decide necessarily what those things are. Um, we are trying to provide better tools for all of us to do better reporting. And this is not a criticism of your office in the past. It's a criticism of how the administration has been working in the past in administering these things, not in how you have been going about doing your job. So I, I do hope you understand that this is not an attack on you. And I want you to be working with us on this, and I want to be working with you on this. So those are my comments. Okay, the roll call, Mr. Weedman. No. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera, aye, yes. Okay, uh, I want to thank Chris and Steve and, and the whole group, you guys, uh, Charles Gall, Tom Brockman, Steve Ginn, Vice Chairman Joel Donahoe, Chairman Chris Virgilac, thank you guys. I, I know you took a little hit, a little criticism from uh, uh, and, and undeserved criticism today from, from a member of our staff here, but please stay on board. Continue doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Chris, thanks for your service. Oh, Tom, Steve, thank you. Uh, and and if you're going to hire a $2 million accountant, I'd like to apply for that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that line will be long, Chris. <laughs> I think Ray already has your resume now. So. <laughs> but let me just add thanks to all of you again for your service. And let me also add to anyone out there watching or hearing or seeing this later and to the committee members and, and to Mr. Weedman, who I asked about this before. I know Mr. Weedman, you had a concern about there not being people from a, a large chunk of the township, meaning Dillon Vale, represented on this committee. And I asked you a month ago when we set it up to work your spectacular email list to see if you could gen up some interest there. And we haven't gotten any other applications yet. But if you have people you'd like to email there, or if anyone in Dillon Vale's watching uh, who'd like to help out with our finances, the committee might be something that could be expanded at some point or would need members later as members roll off. And you can certainly participate even as a non-member in being there. We need input from all the residents. So please get involved with the committee. We promise not to whomp you over the head too much like seems to have happened in this meeting with the committee. So thank you. 
Thank you, committee. Uh, Lieutenant Mike Barr is up next. Mike Tarr, the update on the Sheriff Patrol items. Is Lieutenant Tarr with us? Yes, and I remember to unmute this time. Hey, I want to, first of all, I want to find out uh, you were in an accident recently. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, just uh, got rear-ended. was a little tight for a couple of days, but I'm, I'm fine. I appreciate it. Um, just two things today. Uh, we are continuing with our limited COVID response, and that really, what, the, what that means is if we can handle something via phone, you know, just a property damage report, there's no, nothing on scene, we, we will do that. Um, we start, still are doing our proactive patrols, and we're, we're just, we're also limiting um, medical runs we respond to, really, unless the fire department needs us or if it's something extremely urgent. Um, the only other item I had was, uh, I just wanted to let everyone know, on October 4th, that early that morning, we conducted an active shooter drill at the Kenwood Town Center uh, in conjunction with the communications center, the fire department, and uh, town, or the security department at the township, or at the town center, and I uh, thought it went really well. So we, it was nice to work with some of those agencies and kind of understand what we would do, what each other, each of us would do in, in that uh, circumstance. So. Mike, how's, how's the deputy from Anderson Township? Uh, the last update we had was uh, yesterday evening. Um, he, his condition remains the same. He's, he's unconscious, non-responsive. So our, our thoughts right now are really with, with his family. Adam, as most of you know, I came to, uh, to you all from traffic. So Adam worked for me for the last seven years. So we're just really, we're, our thoughts are with his family right now. Any questions or comments for Lieutenant Tarr? Thank you, Lieutenant. Let's move on to EMS fire report. Here is Chief Penny. Uh, Chief, I got no serious injuries at that fire on Montgomery Road at the roundabout. That's incredible. No. Yeah, Still it, watching the video. It's, it's quite amazing that there was nobody killed in that fire. Uh, that, that was such a, a fast and rapid explosion. And uh, from what I found out later was... Uh, Originally, we thought there was a, a drilling rig that was drilling, hit a, a gas main, but that actually wasn't the case at all. Um, there was a grader that was out um, grading the, the uh, uh, dirt and uh, trying to level things out. And somewhere along the line, there was a very, very soft spot in the dirt and the grader fell into it right where the gas main was and it broke the gas main. And, uh, and then it started rushing from there because with the grader, with the engine that was there and as hot as it was and everything, it, uh, it was the ignition point for the gas and that's what caused the explosion. So uh, it, it, it burned up the grader, a, a water truck next to it, and I think a couple of pickup trucks. But with a, with a guy sitting in that grader at the time and it didn't, uh, uh, it didn't fry him was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So the guys were there for about four, four and a half hours on the uh, on the incident, and three of three of those hours was Duke trying to strategize a way to get the gas shut off without shutting off the gas to Bethesda North Hospital um, because they're on the same main. They had to go in and turn some valves and reroute gas in order to keep Bethesda North going. Uh, before they could shut the gas off to that place. So that's that's what was so time consuming. So other than that, our guys did a good job. Everybody there did a great job, kept everything in check. Nobody got hurt, so it went real well. What else do you have for us, uh, Chief? Uh, 
since our last meeting, we've had 16 additional COVID residents uh, that's been added to our list. So that, that keeps uh, continuing. Um, our guys are doing fine. Uh, things are going well on our end. Um, and then the only, the only other thing I got is um, I would like to get the permission from the trustees to start um, a process to replace two full-time firefighters that we're going to have vacancies on <clears throat> by the end of October. So we we still have we still have a list of uh, firefighters from our last hiring that are still interested. So it shouldn't take too long. My hope is that we can um, have these guys on board and have them sworn in by the November meeting. We're um, with the uh, one vacancy we have now, and then Mike Flag, uh, one of our one of our full timer lieutenants that's been with us since 1995, since the beginning. He's retiring at the end of October. So we're going to have his vacancy as well. And um, we'd like to get these guys replaced so we, we can close up these gaps in our schedule. So our rest of our guys aren't working overtime all the time to try to keep the, keep the trucks running. What do you so, need from us on that, Chief? Chief? I, I just need your permission to start the process and uh, make offers to the guys and, and get it to where uh, by your November meeting, we can do a swearing in and get them on board. We, don't need a, we just need a motion, right? Right. Yes. I'll make a motion that we, uh, we give uh, chief authority to uh, fill the two spots. I'll second that. Let comments, questions. Let, let me just double check with Mr. Warwick here and no financial or hiring concerns there from the administrative end, I assume, right? No, these are existing positions. Right, okay. They roll, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBibrip, aye. Chief, thank you. Uh, okay. Anything thank else you. for the chief? Any other comments for the chief? Tracy Cullums is our superintendent, uh, assistant administrator. Uh, give an update on our roads, maintenance, recreation. And so a couple updates, uh, Sycamore Road uh, is being paved with the base course as we speak. Uh, so that, that is the last phase of that project that's been ongoing for over a year now, as you know. So we'll, we have some driveways and sidewalks to put in next week. And uh, we're looking at a completion date of that at the end of October. They're, they are on schedule. Is that just for the base, Trace? Yeah, that's just base asphalt. Uh, they'll put intermediate in later this week. And then the last week of October is when we're looking to put the surface course on the, the whole uh, road from the roundabout all the way to Kenwood Road. That's great. So as long as the weather holds up, uh, that should be complete at the end of October. Maintenance facility, uh, the storage building uh, still going. Uh, a little behind schedule, There's, they now say their substantial completion date will be the second week of November. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be October 31st. Uh, I will be surprised if we have substantial completion the second week of November, but we'll see how that goes. There's still a lot of work to do out there. A lot of site work. The building's coming along great, but there's still a lot of site work to do. Uh, gas main to put in, water main to put in, driveways to put in. It's all building torn down. Are we going down at 11? Huh? All right. Uh, besides that, Trash Bash was very successful. 
we were the guys were extremely busy, uh, especially at Bechtold's, but both of them were very busy. Uh, we collected over 3,400 pounds of just electronics. Wow. We, we also do, uh, as you know, we collect tires, hundreds and hundreds of those. We haven't, we don't have a final number on that from Keep Cincinnati Beautiful yet. As far as appliances go, uh, 90 refrigerators alone. Oh. Which wow. You have to, uh, you know, there's a little cost there because of the Freon removal. So yeah, 90 refrigerators. I don't, everybody must be buying new refrigerators now. But I think most of you have been there before. We have those large 30-yard dumpsters, and we pack them full. They, they smash them down with a backhoe several times before they're hauled out. 17 of them were hauled out from up north, and 23 were hauled out at south. So that's 40 dumpsters. That's, that's a lot of trash being hauled out of the township. So that, that's great to see that people are taking advantage of that service. Uh, those numbers are up from the last few years that we've had. So, uh, in fact, at Bechtold, they were lined up out the driveway through the roundabout going in one direction and back to Blue Ash Road the other way. So uh, you, you thought we were giving stuff away over there. Uh, leaf pickup starts next week on Monday. Uh, so the guys are getting ready for that. We're wrapping up all our in-house projects, sidewalk repair, base repair, catch base repair. So that'll be the last week for that. And then we go into leaf pickup. Uh, the only other thing I have is we're, I'm still working on putting together our road program uh, that we're going to uh, use for the TIF funds. There's still, uh, Ray and I have talked about that. There's still some clearing up of uh, how we do that and exactly what the uh, calendar is on, on getting those funds and, and putting that together. So. I'm still working on that and I will let you know as we proceed uh, on that program. Tracy, didn't we have a deadline at the, I mean, obviously there's a deadline to spend the money, but isn't there a deadline uh, we're gonna have in order to ensure that we can get contractors to bid it and do the job? Well, we not really a deadline to get contractors to bid it. We, we couldn't do anything before October 15th the money has to be spent by the end of next year. So I'm looking to bid that uh, sometime here in the next month, if possible. I'll be working with Ray to get uh, clarification on everything we need for that uh, so that we can get that bid this year. So they have a, you know, they'll have all of construction season next year to, to complete the program. I, I suspect that there'll be a lot of other townships utilizing those TIF funds as well. So we probably want to be out in front Quickly as possible. Yep. Trace, anything else? That's really all I have, unless you have any questions. You know, I do. <laughs> so, no, you do. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks for getting back to me about the question uh, the Sturbridge resident had about the sidewalk repair. I, I've heard from him again this morning, actually, and he just asked me to ask you to ask your guys to be careful not to further damage the tree adjacent to the sidewalk. Some roots have been cut, apparently. So if you could ask your guys to be careful, and I'm sure they are. But they I, will be, but the roots are what's pushing up the sidewalk. If you want to fix, you got to cut out some roots. Right. That makes sense. So and I, I have done my duty and passed the comment on here. Um, leaf pickup, with that starting next week, a few residents have emailed me about this. I think you've answered this question for me before, and I think I even remember your answer. But 
people have asked if uh, it might be possible to do a second or later leaf pickup round, maybe even as late as early January or February. Um, and we typically end before then. Um, is that possible? I think you've told me before switching over the trucks creates a complication in that when you move to snow mode. Yeah, that, that, that is the problem because uh, we're using the same trucks to pick up leaves that we're using to uh, plow snow and salt streets. So once we make that change over, uh, you know, that, that would be difficult to do because it's, it's not just a matter of, you know, if you, if you go back out in January, it's not a matter of you're going to be out there a day picking stuff up. You, it's going to turn into another leaf season and yeah. you're going to be out there, uh, you know, for weeks, maybe a month and not have the trucks available to, to uh, fight the snow and ice. Okay. Lisa, uh, Tracy, thank you. Cause uh, a resident uh, emailed me and you got right back to the resident with that, that answer. Appreciate that. Sure. Um, another question, we, we did hear from one resident on Branford Court about the three-way stop signs that we approved in our last meeting there, that the one resident is unhappy with that. Everyone else has been in favor of that, I understand, but the Strawberry HOA passed on a comment to me about that, and the unhappiness was with it being a three-way instead of a one-way. I, I know you had said traffic standards now require a three-way, um, and I know we've already approved this, but is that in fact like an engineering standard that's required and a safety issue or would it be feasible to simply put a stop sign where Weatherfield dead ends into Branford with a note there saying on oncoming traffic does not stop? Uh, it is an engineering standard. I can, I can reach out to the county traffic engineer and ask him. Usually when those signs are up that say oncoming traffic does not stop, the traffic that does not stopping is the main road. Whereas Branford Court is a double cul-de-sac on each end, it would not be the main road. But I can definitely, I can definitely pass that on to the county traffic engineer and ask for his advice to that. Okay, and the resident's concern was the appearance of the signs there and them being relatively useless, I think. So maybe people stop, maybe not. They're supposed to when there's a sign, of course. But there is no cross traffic on Branford anyway. Everyone is turning onto Weatherfield from one direction or another or turning off of it, but not going from, other than the mailman, not going from one end of the cul-de-sac to the other. So yes, if you could look into that and report back to us next time, I'd be interested to hear. Thanks. Okay. There is just one person, though, as you said, that isn't happy with this. So <laughs> yes. That's so. just one person. Of course. And someone you know, actually. Um, <laughs> um, and, and one other question. to you, maybe? Uh, perhaps, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, also, th this came up in a question someone asked recently about the bathroom door locks. I know there were some upgrades being put in place in the park bathrooms uh, to put the electronic locks on so they could be opened and closed. Where are we with that? They're actually working on that as we speak. They're out at McDaniel Park installing those. They still have to do Schuler. Uh, Bechtel Park will take a little bit more work because the fiber is not complete in that park yet. That's something we have to work on there, but that's being worked on today as we speak. Okay. Very good. Can, can I ask Tracy something? No. Yeah, go ahead. Good, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to pass along a pod, you know, all this 
turmoil and everything, I wanted to pass along a compliment to you that the work that's going on on Kugler Mill, that contractor is doing a very good job on traffic control and methodically going through, like, I'm guessing that, are they running the laterals across for the storm sewer and the is utilities and stuff because they're they're doing a nice job and and I just want to pass that along to you that you know we appreciate that it's not been any problem I'm over there a lot I had one quick question is that are you going to rebase that whole section between Montgomery and Kenwood because I know it's been over the years it just uh, it's the base doesn't look too good because it keeps coming back with problems what what's the basic construction plan for along there along with the sidewalks well, the, uh, I'll touch on the utilities first, right? Because it, it's all, uh, it, it all weaves together. That, that's actually, AMS is out there working for Duke, Construct, Duke Energy. They're lowering all of the gas services to a minimum of 36 inches because what's going on with the base is once the surface course of asphalt is removed, it's a full depth reclamation process almost like a rototiller coming in, if you would, chewing up uh, the subgrade, part of the subgrade and the subbase. And it goes about a depth of 15 inches or so, and then it mixes in cement with that. And then that's rolled out and that creates your new base. That cement hardens it. So instead of digging everything out and bringing a new base, that's the process that's gonna be used there. And that's why all the utilities have to be lowered so that process can be done. Well, it's quite an undertaking and it's, it's coming along just fine so far and uh, really appreciate it the way it's, it's being handled. Sure, you're welcome. That's my Sturbridge hat. Okay. Skylar Miller is the uh, Township Planning and Zoning Administrator. And what do you have for us, Skylar? All right. Uh, I'll keep it short today. Uh, I just have a one resolution for, uh, for the board to consider. Okay, uh, this is a resolution for uh, for sixty nine fifty two Rosemary Lane. Let me. There we go. All right. Uh, we would be declaring this property a nuisance. Uh, there's uh, excessive um, vegetation. This is the, the two bottom pictures of the rear yard. Uh, wood pile that hasn't been uh, cleared up. Uh, there's you know, tall grass and, and weeds along the uh, uh, side of the house. So uh, when we initially received the complaint on this, uh, we were able to contact the property owner. I believe this is a rental. Uh, but we were able to contact the property owner um, who, who indicated they needed some time to, um, uh, to take care of this. Uh, we gave them that amount of time. Uh, there, was, there was really no progress and um, uh, essentially times ran out and they're not responding anymore. So uh, I'm asking that we declare this property a nuisance and, uh, and move forward with, with remediation. Motion to approve. Are you going to read it? I'll read it. Yep. So, uh, resolution providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris, and declaring a nuisance for the property located at 6952 Rosemary Lane, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45236. Motion. Second. Roll call, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. 
Mr. LaBarbera, aye. Okay, uh, only other thing I have to report is uh, tonight we do have a uh, uh, zoning commission uh, hearing, that's case 2020-06P2. Uh, that is at uh, 11573 Deerfield Road, uh, so right across from uh, uh, the Schuller Sports Complex. Uh, that is, uh, it's kind of an interesting case. It will be a PUD2, so the, so the board will um, review the site. Uh, this is a this is a self storage facility, uh, but the the building is going to be on the the township side of uh, of our of our border with with Blue Ash, uh, but the um, the the self storage parking area is is actually in the city of Blue Ash behind um, the the road frontage, which is in Sycamore Township. So um, yesterday there was a public hearing on the Blue Ash side. Um, the, the website hasn't been updated, at least when I checked um, yesterday. So uh, I've got calls in to try and get some updates um, with that so I can so I can update my staff report uh, to to zoning commission. So that's a, it's an interesting case because of the, you know, the split jurisdictions. Uh, but uh, like I said, we'll, we'll see how it goes tonight. And uh, I'll, I'll have a report for the trustees when when the time comes. Thank you, Mr. Miller. Our law director is Deepak Desai. Mr. Desai. Good morning, Mr. LaBarbera. Nothing to report at this time. Any questions uh, for Mr. Desai? I'm looking at Tom James. Tom? Uh, not at the moment, no. Okay. Our administrator is Mr. Ray Work. Ray? Uh, first of all, I think we skipped over approving bills and receipts. Can I get you to go back and do a motion to approve those? Yeah, motion to uh, approve the bills and receipts, and uh, we'll get Mr. Porter up. Yeah, we have receipts of $719,418.15, disbursements of $1,508,997.15, of all receipts and disbursements is available in your packet. Motion to approve. Second. Roll call, Mr. Wigman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Barbara, aye. Okay, now our administrator, Mr. Ray Warwick. All right, let me see here. Are you doing the screen share? I am. Okay. If you'll let me. Uh, hands off. <laughs> First up is the appropriation to, uh, excuse me, a resolution to appropriate all of the CARES money that we, we've gotten in. We've had, actually got in uh, three amounts. And uh, previously we had uh, appropriated 266,319 and 42 cents. And what we need to do today is appropriate the other two amounts that came in, one being 133,159 and 71 cents. And uh, the big amount that just came in, $704,247,000 even. And um, that would mean we're, the total appropriation that we're asking for today is those last two amounts. So we're act asking for appropriation in the amount of $837,406 and 71 cents. 
Um, I'll read the title. A resolution amending 2020 appropriations for the CARES Act, Coronavirus Relief Fund 11, dispensing with a second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Roll call. Uh, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBibra, aye. Okay. Bear with me. We have uh, some large POs. Mr. Work, while you're bringing those up, could I just make a comment about the POs and what we're doing real quick? Sure. So um, Chief Penny had mentioned this at our September 29th uh, workshop uh, about the need to encumber the funds by October 15th. So the POs that uh, Mr. Work's pulling up are going to encumber those funds. Uh, what I just wanted to mention, um, presuming it pleases the board to approve the POs, um, is that the motion should state that the trustees deem the purchases a necessary expense for responding to the COVID-19 crisis. Okay. Uh, the first PO is not one of those. Uh, this PO is uh, the pass-through money, if you will, uh, from the Kenwood uh, Town uh, 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 TIF, TIF 43. So the money goes to the uh, Port Authority. So this is an annual event and this purchase order is $633,158.94. Ray, this is actually the collection, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, you need a motion to approve, I'll appro a motion, make a motion to approve. I'll second that and let, let me just ask a question. I, I assume this is already fully appropriated, correct? Yes. All right, and as to the other POs, if anything is not, please let us know. Okay. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera, aye. Okay. Uh, this next PO is a, a blanket and it is for the uh, CARES Act. Um, and this blanket is in the amount of uh, $579,247. And so this kind of encumbers it like we need to do right now. There are other, there have been a, a couple other POs that you've already uh, approved on the CARES money. And then I think I have one additional uh, after this one. Okay, so motion to approve 579-247 for the CARES Act. I'll second that. And, and I'm sorry, Deepak, is this where we need to include the language you mentioned that we deem this a necessary expense to responding to the coronavirus crisis? That is correct. I'll add that to my motion. Roll, Mr. Weedman. As amended. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Okay, and finally, this is another uh, 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 CARES Act uh, a purchase that had to be appealed directly to the vendor, CDW Government Inc. Uh, this is for uh, the tele, tele the telephones and the other uh, stuff that Skyler's doing, all things media to make us uh, short up and remote um, uh, to uh, be completely prepared for the citizens uh, with further disruption when folks are uh, caused to work at home. The amount of this is twenty two thousand three eighty nine and thirty one cents. Motion to approve. 
I'll second that. And again, I believe we need to uh, amend the motion to note that uh, this is a necessary expense to responding to the coronavirus crisis. Yeah, and I'll amend my motion. Roll call, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBibra. Aye. I believe that's all I have. Okay, next up is uh, Rob Porter, Fiscal Officer Items. I, I have nothing further than that was presented uh, earlier. Thank you. Trustee Items, uh, Mr. Weedman, Mr. James. Yeah, I uh, I want to thank Rob Penny and his uh, and his crew for uh, uh, as you know we passed the proclamation uh, uh, recognizing uh, uh, one of our great citizens on his hundredth birthday and uh, it was that was the eleventh and uh, we had a real nice celebration at his house on the uh, on the eleventh and the uh, the chief had the fire truck and the uh, some police cars uh, and. Uh, 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 some of our sheriff patrolmen and the uh, uh, squad was also there uh, with sirens and, and flashers and uh, they were actually able to get him get his bed moved from the back of the house to the front of the house in the picture in the front picture window and uh, they had uh, warbirds there and the, the, the whole nine yards so it was really a great a great celebration and great event so I want to thank the chief for uh, for um, uh, facilitating us on that. The other thing I wanted to mention is, because um, we're, we're going into November, um, January kind of has a, f falls into a funny, you know, in the past we've, we have, uh, we have eliminated, depending upon, on our schedule, eliminated either the, uh, the, the, the workshop and or the uh, trustee meeting or pushed them out. I'm going to make a suggestion maybe that we look at, um, uh, in light of the fact that the first is on Friday, and the, uh, the fifth uh, would be our first workshop, but they only have one day of business before getting back from, uh, from the break. I'm gonna suggest that maybe we look at the 12th uh, for a workshop and the 14th for a, uh, for a trustee meeting in, in January, and then eliminate that second workshop because of the, uh, uh, because of the holiday. Well, we consider that and uh, make a note of that for the future because we haven't, uh, decided on what days we're going to have the meetings yet or the workshops. We may change that schedule for next next year. Well, it'd be good, it'd be good if we had the ability to plan uh, plan this as it relates to uh, January. We can always incorporate that into whatever you want to change to uh, for the rest of the year, but I'm just asking for us to review this now as we get closer to January because of the uh, of the way the holiday falls. Yeah. It's a good idea, and Mr. LaBarbera raises a good point, too, about whether we want to keep the meetings on the same dates and times as they are now. That's something we should probably discuss in one of our early November meetings then, um, so we can start doing some planning for all of that. Okay, so we'll, we'll discuss that later, Tom. Is that okay with you? Sure. Okay. Mr. James, any comments? Uh, just a, a few things there. Um, Remember to vote if you haven't already. Um, early voting is available uh, at the Board of Elections and it's much more convenient for many people to do it that way. So I'd encourage people to do that. Um, let me just uh, book in what we started the meeting with here uh, about uh, Wanda at Kenwood Town Center and, and thank her again on behalf of the entire board for all the service to our community in making that the centerpiece of Sycamore Township in many ways and, and keeping it the nice place it is. She's been a 
a great uh, asset to the community in, in the way she's gone about managing it. And it's been nice getting to know her since I've taken office here too. Um, the other thing I'll mention, I, I mentioned an individual named Gary Banfield a few meetings back. He's a longtime scout leader of Troop 502, which meets in Indian Hill, but uh, has involved a lot of people from our township and the Indian Hill school system in it. He had a stroke while camping in North Georgia a couple months ago and was uh, debilitated by it at the time, but is recovering and is back home here in Sycamore Township where he lives and is uh, doing uh, much, much better, moving around on his own, communicating and so forth. So I want to wish him well. He's, uh, he's helped uh, raise a lot of great people in our community as they came up through scouting uh, in conjunction with their parents raising them too. And he's just an all around good guy. So I'd ask everybody to keep him in their prayers for his continued recovery also. Thanks a lot. I just have one, uh, one uh, comment to make at the BZA board meeting, uh, the last BZA board meeting, Mr. Jim Eichmann, who was uh, the treasurer for Tom Wigman's uh, political campaign, made some remarks. And uh, we did have some residents respond that were upset, wondering if we're going to do anything about that. And um, I can just say that uh, we are looking into that. We are looking into uh, discipline or removal or whatever with Jim Eichmann. Announcement changes. Uh, Records Commission meeting today is canceled. New date to be determined. Uh, they're canceling the we're canceling the trustees workshop meeting for Tuesday, November the third, due to election day. And I'm going to make a motion now to adjourn into executive session with Law Director Deepak Desai. Deepak, we have four items to discuss four different uh, items to discuss in the uh, executive session. Can I put them all together? And, yes, uh, you can. Okay. I'm making a motion to adjourn into an executive session with Law Director Deepak Desai as permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121-22, preparing for conducting or reviewing negotiations or bargaining sessions with public employees concerning their compensation or other terms and conditions of their employment. To adjourn into executive session with Law Director Deepak Desai to discuss employment of a public employee as permitted by Ohio Revised Code 121-22. To adjourn into executive session with Law Director Mr. Desai to discuss pending litigation as permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121-22. To adjourn into executive session with Law Director Deepak Desai as permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22, G2, to consider the sale of property at competitive bidding in accordance with Section 505.10 of the Revised Code. If premature disclosure of information would give an unfair competitive or bargaining advantage to a person whose personnel private interest uh, is adverse to the general public interest. Um, I'll second. I assume that was a motion. That's a motion, yes. And uh, let me do a quick, I'm going to invite to this meeting the trustees, Mr. Warwick, Mr. Kellams, Chief uh, Penny, Schuyler Miller, Rob Porter, and uh, we're going to call for a roll now. So Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? We are now leaving. We're leaving. I'm going to go. Gonna, 10.56. Yes, sir, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we're going to go into a separate Zoom room now. So I guess we're going to get another invite. Rob, are you there? Ebel? Yes. 
tell us what we're doing. Yep, I'm going to invite you right now. So, Rob, we are shutting down. Everything's shut down now. Yes. For the general public. Okay. Do we have a? We want to take a break, or do we want to go right to this? Well, you got to join the breakout room. Yeah, let's join in and take a quick break. So, Rob, we are shutting down. Everything's shut down now. Yes. Okay. Do we have a, want to take a break or do we go right to this? Well, you got to join the breakout room. Join in and take a quick break. Well, we're not in the, we're in the breakout room automatically or no? Just hit jo join. Ah, there we go. Okay. okay. We're back live. It's 11.56. We now are back in regular session for a Sycamore Township workshop meeting for October the 13th, 2020. And um, all the roll. The roll. Mr. Weedman. Mr. James. I'm here. Mr. LeBibra, I'm here. We have a motion to approve to approve amendment to settlement agreement authorizing the immediate filing of dismissals referenced in sections three and seven of the settlement agreement, as well as extending the deadline for defendants contained in section two, providing an additional 14 days for them to apply for the state permit for the rear sign and authorizing the township administrator to sign the amendment on behalf of the township. This is for the House of Browse. Do we have a second? Second. Discussion? Roll, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. We do have a second item. Mr. James, do you have that? I'm uh, not exact language, but I'll do my best. I move that we give the administrator permission to sign a non-binding letter of intent or LOI in relation to the potential sale of property. Subject to the law director's additional. subject to the law director's review. Subject to the law director's review. Second. Second. Okay. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. 
Mr. LeBibre, aye. It is now 11.58. Do we have a motion to adjourn? Motion. Second? Second. Yeah. Roll call, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBibre, stay safe, stay healthy. Dear everyone.